For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, January 11th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed in the dollar is great. So late rally on Wall Street... Too big to fail... Growing the economy... Growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon, here today with Jessica Thomas. Hello. Jesse, better known as, as well as DJ Barker. Hello, hello. What's up, DJ? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. How about you? Loving it. Yeah. All right. Uh, DJ is a uh, managing associate in our planning and implementation department at Hensler Financial, and Jesse is a, a what are you a tax associate? Tax is, and business consultant. Okay. There we go. Uh, within our tax department at Hensler Financial, it's also called Hensler CPAs CPA. and advisors. There we go. How about that? She knows everything, see? Even who she is and who she works for. That's the start of a good show. I've uh, going to hey, be a banner show, folks. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, Jesse holds the CPA designation. Is there some way that I'm supposed to say that? I know for the CFPs, they always tell me to call them a CFP certificate. Is the CPA so? No, I don't think we're nearly as strict yeah. as CPA. Yeah. Uh, you know, the CFA doesn't allow you to say... To use CFA as a noun. So I am a CFA charter holder, not a CFA. I also hold the uh, uh, CVA designation, which is a certified valuation analyst. DJ, you hold the CWS, is that correct? That's correct. All right, and that stands for? Wealth strategist. How about that? Certified wealth strategist. Got everything up here today. Yeah, well, a little mm-hmm. bit. Some alphabet soup. How about that? <laughs> uh, good on a on a Saturday in January. Rainy yeah. Saturday, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess a little bit, maybe. Um, so the S and P 500 is off to an awesome start for yeah. 2020. Um, the market is up 1.3 percent in the short year. Um, led by communication services, which is uh, up 3%, a little better than 3%. Materials on the negative end down 2.75 this year. And uh, information technology number two at 2.82%. Um, I'm still kind of reeling the information technology led the way so big in the last 12 months. It's crazy. It's up 51.16%. Ah, I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I was looking at some numbers this week, um, and what I found very interesting in 2019, uh, for the year, start to finish, uh, financial 
uh, not financial, but information technology was up about 50.5%. The price-to-earnings ratio expanded more than 50.5%, about 56%. What does that mean? Earnings were negative in 2019 for the tech sector, and yet it got such a, uh, a huge boost by people just wanting to own some technology. Yeah. Wow. Um, At any price. Uh, well, <laughs> clearly, I mean, price is, is uh, the, the reason that I went there is, is because I'm looking for valuations in the market, right? Yeah. And uh, the S&P 500 wasn't a whole lot better. It was up 31.5%, just slightly less than that. But the price-to-earnings ratio expanded about 30.5%. So most wow. of the growth in the S&P 500's price was due to... Just price. There was uh, not much of a boost in earnings in 2019, which is uh, not exactly what investors want, especially a guy that watches the market like I do. Uh, it makes you a little nervous, makes you wonder what exactly is going to happen in the in the future. But uh, uh, the market is forward-looking, so you know we're looking at uh, the probability. The analysts, on average, are saying that we should see earnings growth in 2020 at about um, almost... 10%, about 9.7, I believe, in the S&P 500 overall. Technology, on the other hand, is around 7%, 7.5%, something like that, um, which, again, leads me to why in the world does the market, this efficient market we talk about all the time, give us a price for expected earnings that are only going to grow 7%, and it goes up 50%. Companies like... Uh, Apple in 2019 yeah. was up over 80%. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. On fire. Yeah, I mean, it, here's the thing, and I, you know, I've said this before, it's nothing new. Uh, the economy is doing pretty well, mm -hmm. um, mainly because the consumer's happy. Mm -hmm. Unemployment's at 3.5%, which is arguably pretty easy to argue, I think, Um lower than full employment, meaning that we have more than full employment. Anybody that wants a job basically has a job. Right. And the the uh, personal income growth is a little over 4%. Inflation's at 2.1%. What does that mean? Consumers feel wealthier. They got a job. Life's good. And as long as the consumer continues to consume, I think our economy does okay. But uh, there are some there are some odd things when you think about it. Um, you know, we had three interest rate cuts in 2019. The Fed managed our interest rates lower. That makes it easier for corporations to make more money. Um, didn't necessarily happen, but it you know at least the the opportunity is is uh, much bigger in in a environment like that. Um, but it's really strange to see the Fed. Lowering interest rates and causing the stock market to hit all-time highs. In right. fact, in 2020, we've already hit all-time highs again on the mm -hmm. S&P 500. So uh, here we are bouncing off the top, basically, um, with low interest rates, relatively muted inflation, uh, consumer feeling healthy. Everybody's got a job, and um, uh, personal income is growing. So where's the negative? I don't. I, it's, it makes it hard to see the downside, right? Yeah. Um, if you want to know what we've done over the last 12 months, I told you 
you know, kind of what the S&P 500 did. It's not quite as big when you look at the 12 months after we're, you know, 10 days into the into the new year, um, 29.08% the S&P 500. I mentioned it already, information technology up 51.16 over the last 12 months from um, the ninth um, financial uh, sector, 2927 Communication services, 28.8. Basically, the only two sectors that are above the average of the overall index are information technology and financial services. Why might that be? They're two huge sectors when it comes to the weighting of the S&P 500. Uh, information technology is a little more than 25% of the overall um, and financial services is in the high uh, teens, so just shy of 20%. Um, everything else is lower. Energy, Energy was took a big a, took a bath. Big dog, yeah. <laughs> uh, in in 2019, it was negative for most of the year until right at the end, and we saw a little bit of a bump in crude oil. And uh, energy's up 3.2%, while the overall market's up 29% in the last 12 months. Yeah, uh, kind of an odd dislocation, if you will, from energy. And we've talked a lot about that. I mean, you know, we, we don't live with our heads in the sand. What's happened right. over the last week? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, we we, yeah, we thought got, that we would have seen a little bit more market movement this week. Yeah, uh, you no. know, that's the thing. I, I think the market was somewhat unfazed yeah. by the way that uh, the, the Iranian uh, head general being, being uh, killed by the U.S. troops uh, played out. You didn't see a significant escalation, and I think that's the reason. There's another reason, too, DJ. It's it's, uh, funny you bring it up. Um, We are not as heavily dependent on foreign oil as we used to be. Uh, We source a lot of it right here at home, and that's part of the reason that we've seen such strange movements in oil prices. Back in 2014, we saw Saudi Arabia decide Mm -hmm. um, maybe they would um, test us. Yep. And what they were testing is to see just how low the price had to go before the Bakken Shale, our western North Dakota right. uh, assets, would, would quit pumping oil out of the ground. Well, they found it uh, in the offing. They almost uh, turned over their own <laughs> economy in doing it. Uh, if you paid close attention, you started seeing the uprisings. That's when uh, the Arab Spring started in early 2015. Um, and uh, Saudi Arabia started missing some payments. They're a huge uh, construction interest across the Middle East, so they had uh, uh, they had um, some of their employees in, in uh, lands outside of Saudi Arabia that uh, weren't getting paid, uh, so they had to manage the price just a little bit higher. But uh, all things considered, we still live in a in a world that's got plenty of risks. Uh, if you ask me, as far as investors go, right now price is probably the biggest risk that we got. Uh, just with, you know, what I said, mm-hmm. market up 31% with earnings not rising remotely that much. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll have a dog of the week. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. You ain't loving me. 
This is the dog. The dog of the week. All right, dog of the week this week. You know, I uh, have actually got this as a um, different animal, and you'll find out in just a second why. A uh, Georgia family returned home after their holiday vacation to find their house ransacked. They knew something might be going on because an alarm went off while they were out of town. They had a friend go over and check the house. He went around all the windows and doors, and everything seemed to be intact. So um, they didn't think much more of it. They got home, and uh, they found that there were wood chips off of many of the windows, and the main door was chewed up pretty bad. Uh, They found a squirrel living Mm. in their couch. (laughs) A squirrel. Well, is this Where did they the get Griswold the couch? family <laughs> couch? No. <laughs> no. Uh, they believe that the squirrel actually made a home in the couch after he was incapable. Well, might have been a she. Was incapable of escaping because uh, it was it was obvious to them that the squirrel saw the outdoors and was trying to get back there. Yeah. Um, by chewing up the, uh, you know, the, the door sills. Uh, strange twist on this. The insurance company said, yeah, that looks terrible, um, but we don't pay for rodents and the damage caused by them. And uh, they're not alone. This was Mercury Insurance. It is absolutely the truth that most insurance companies, most uh, homeowner insurance policies do not cover rodent damage. Wow. Now, what they did do, this was kind of, yeah, we don't cover that, but we will put you up for a couple of weeks while the house is being uh, cleaned up uh, professionally, and um, that's pretty much all you're going to get. Wow. Rodent damage is not covered. Now. Is there a writer for that? The strange thing is, I don't know if there is (laughs) or not, because because if you think about what a rodent is, most of the time we think of mice and rats. Sure. Mm -hmm. And what they say is the insurance company expects you to remedy rodent issues, but squirrels are a bit different um, because, uh, you know, they're, they're a little more active and uh, they can climb the wall instead of just like a rat usually you know hang out on the ground but uh, um, that is that's the basis of it so if you had a rat infestation you're expected to eradicate them yourself and that's the reason for the policy so uh, squirrels fall right into the same category and uh, most often are not covered but uh, that was something that I found strange especially knowing that there are uh, cases, people close to me who have had mice or rats get in the car yeah. and, and chew, your cords. Chew, chew cords or, or, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or uh, antifreeze, you know, the hoses. Yeah. And uh, insurance will cover that the car. for the car. I think we had Even an employee here garage. that happened to. Yeah. And yeah. But Our producer's raising your hand. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's oh. happened to her. So, uh, yeah, so it'll cover that, but it doesn't cover damage in your house and, and the basis of it is just so what I if said. you drove the car into the house and said that it was yes. part of, oh, sorry, <laughs> stretching that squirrel one. Drove the, car. <laughs> the squirrel drove the car. Yeah. Or you were attacked by That's a squirrel right. while driving 
and it caused damage to, to your the, window sill. Yes. Just the window Just sill. the window sill. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking we're, Probably too we're much of angling a toward uh, insurance, insurance fraud. Insurance fraud, so okay. <laughs> let's, start. let's don't so. go there. All right. So anyway, it is a very strange situation. You might want to check your insurance. Uh, since this is a financial show, that's uh, uh, kind of one of the reasons that I thought, yeah, that's a pretty interesting dog of the week. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've got a, a, a situation we'd like to talk about today, as we've mentioned on the show last week, and I think we even talked about it kind of in the pipeline uh, a few months ago. Uh, the SECURE Act has been submitted and passed into law. The president signed it right at the end of the year. Uh, and we have a situation where Jerry has an old 401k from his past job, and a SEP IRA from his business before he had employees. Uh, he's also a business owner and provides a 401k for his employees, which he also participates in. And he wants to know uh, how does the SECURE Act affect his business? And, uh, Jesse, since I'm told you're like the, the smartest person anybody knows on the SECURE Act. I'm told that a lot. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, but not really. Yeah. Wow. And you're very humble as well. That's yeah. right. That's one of my best qualities. It's, it's not like the old song, Oh, Lord, It's Hard to Be Humble. No. Not over here. Yeah, well, Jesse's got it all. What you got? Yes. So, as you were saying, um, the SECURE Act was signed into law December 20th. Um, kind of had a bunch of provisions tucked in. Most of the ones that we're going to talk about revolve around the retirement piece. Um, Jerry has his 401k from his past job and the SEP IRA from before, which are going to affect him personally. Um, and then as well, he'll be affected as a business owner on the 401k that he has now for him and his employees. So one of the provisions, and most of them focus around trying to help people save more for retirement, as we see people are not saving enough. Um, yeah, on true. average. Yeah. So this is to kind of try to encourage more saving. Um, one of the big things is that prior to this act, if you turned 70 and a half, you could no longer contribute um, to a traditional IRA. So now you can contribute as long as you're working, okay. regardless of age. So that should help people save longer um, and help, you know, kind of stop the the shortages Hopefully. Sure. Um, and a spouse as well, right? So the, yes, the, if, if the spouse one spouse well. is working, you can save to both IRAs oh, as that go. spouse continues Correct. to have that employment. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, for those people that are older, mm-hmm. you're able to save the $6,000 and then the catch-up contribution. So that's $7,000 if you're over mm-hmm. 50. So $7,000 a year times two. So you can see, you know, again, if if you're still in your 70s working, a little bit allows you to save a little keep, more for retirement. Yep. Cranking yeah. away the savings. <clears throat> One of the other big provisions, and I know we focused on this before, is the age limit mm-hmm. for your required minimum distribution, meaning mm-hmm. the, where the IRS forces you basically to take your money has increased as well. Our clients love being forced to pull money from Correct. Yeah, Oh, them. yeah, it's a great thing. They love yeah. paying taxes. It's great. <laughs> sure. Yes, Absolutely. so that, that has increased from 70 and a half until 72. So as long as you were not 70 and a half by December 31st, you can wait until you're 72 before you start taking your mandatory withdrawals. All right. That's uh, that's actually, as as uh, we were saying, that's that's a a big thing for a lot of folks. They'd, they'd prefer not to be forced into taking yeah, it. But, you right, know, yeah. we talk about it quite a lot. 
the most common way that people save is to their 401k retirement through work or an IRA if they are self-employed. Mm-hmm. And we always encourage them to kind of spread that around because you never really think about it until you get close to that 70 and a half. If yeah. all of your wealth is tied up in your IRA or your 401k, one of the good planning lessons to learn from this, you know, being forced to take your money, no matter if it's 70 and a half or 72, is you would have been a little better off if you had saved to another investment Type vehicle. Right. Too. And it's, yeah. it's not too late, you know, because they've extended it a little bit. You can do Roth conversions up mm-hmm. to age 72 as well. So, again, coming into, you know, you're continuing to work and you, you, you know, like you said, as you as you you know, become wiser and older, you notice that all of your assets are in your 401k. Well, goodness, I know that at 72, I'm going to have to pull all this money every year at mm-hmm. age 72. Yeah. Well, you can start, you know, if you're saving to that IRA or have IRAs, you can still convert, you know, some of that, you know, each year until age 72. So it's an option to give, you know, the conversion. But I know, Jesse, you, you get a lot of questions. We have a lot of clients asked about, does it make sense to convert? Right. And, and, you know, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. That's when it's best to talk to an advisor. Something I've seen quite frequently now, too, is as people start extan- expanding their 401k options as business owners, mm-hmm. um, you may be able to convert within your 401k before it's an IRA. If that after-tax piece that your employer has contributed on your behalf if they start offering a Roth option they may offer an option for you to convert that tax-free as well yeah which is a big one yes. yeah big mm-hmm. planning pieces no that doubt. conversion yeah so uh, there's various other ways that uh, that this law has changed um, the way that we can invest and save for retirement mm-hmm. as well Jesse you want to cover some more of those sure uh, one thing they're trying to do is really encourage the kind of original savings, whether it's to a 401k plan or another kind of plan. So one thing that they've done is that they've given business owners a better way to kind of save on behalf of their employees. So, you know, they have instituted multiple employer plans, um, which makes it easier and less expensive for small business owners to be able to save um, by kind of pooling the resources with other employers. Um, It could be a couple of years before we see this go into effect. The SECURE Act provision doesn't take effect until 2021, so that's probably coming somewhere down the road. Um, But that is one way, as well as kind of having saving options where you may not know they're saving for you in the the works, which we can talk about when we come back. Yeah, let's take a real quick break. When we get back, we'll cover some more of this. Stick around. We'll answer financial questions when we come back. Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with DJ Barker and Jesse Thomas. And uh, if you have questions you would like for us to answer on the air, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. You'll hear our recording. If you would, just leave your question, uh, including maybe your name and uh, even how we could get in touch with you. We'll play your question on the air and answer right behind it. Um, If you prefer to call and speak to a human, you can call our number 770-429-9166 
ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, and you will get in touch with her. Uh, you can give her your question, and uh, she'll get it to us, and we can answer it on the air as well. Uh, or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, hensler.com, spelled in the same manner, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And uh, we have lots of information uh, according to um, uh, th- that would help you with your uh, financial situation. There's some tax articles and various things that uh, would help you in your financial life um, if you just want to read for yourself. So, um, guys, when we were talking before the break, uh, we've been covering the SECURE Act today. Uh, Jesse, you were telling us all kind of things that have uh, actually been an improvement to allow uh, and help people save more money, uh, kind of an extension of the time before you have to withdraw your your uh, money in the form of a required minimum distribution, RMD we talk about quite often, especially at the end of the year. Um, and uh, I know there are various other ways uh, that, that uh, this act has actually helped mm-hmm. individuals with their their uh, saving and tax situation so if you got more let's hear them yep i've got i've got one more way that it's kind of helping individuals and then we'll cover the one that everyone's upset about that's hurting <laughs> individuals and then i'll be done okay so um the the last thing i wanted to talk about was a there's now a credit for adoption of an auto enrollment policy for a small business so as a small business owner you can receive a $500 credit Separate from any other credits, there's some that you can only take one but not the other. This is on top of those. Um, And that is a credit if you enroll people automatically and they have to consent to withdraw from the plan. Negative consent. Yes. Right. Negative consent. You know, you may remember when you go to a job, you had to enroll in their retirement plan. This, you're automatically enrolled and you have to go to your HR department and say, hey, I don't want to save. Right. That's mm-hmm. that's a big one. And again, going back to your the original, this helps your employee that thinks they can't or shouldn't Correct. save. It does help those people. Just it happens for them. They they right. may not notice, and they're already put in at one percent, two percent, three, whatever that number is. Yeah, it's a great benefit for them, but also, again, you get you get a, a credit. Yeah, the business itself the business gets itself. the tax break. Yeah. Correct. And, and, you know, it's usually a small percentage. So if you're an employee out there and thinking about this, they're not going to put half your check in the 401k. <laughs> right. It's going to be probably on the order of, what, 3 to 5%, I would assume. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a small amount. But quite often, uh, when you think of it, a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k, has tax consequences, right? Mm-hmm. They actually, the money is taken out before taxes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually will make your taxes Reduce a little reduce less. Reduce your current taxable income. Exactly. Yes. So, so uh, that being the case, it actually is a benefit. And if an employee, more often than not, we feel like, you know, it's, it's always a decision. We consume. There's no doubt about it. Do we consume now or can we hold off a little while and mm-hmm. consume it later? Mm-hmm. And that's truly what saving is all about, right? right. So uh, in this case... The government has allowed and and given a benefit, uh, uh, an enticement, if you will, Correct. to businesses that will auto enroll employees. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so that is is kind of where the good news stops. Um, I know we've talked about it in in prior shows and and it's been on everyone's mind. But they have eliminated what they call the stretch IRA. So if you inherit an IRA in the past, 
if you inherited a traditional IRA, you were allowed to take it over your own life expectancy. Now all the funds have to be withdrawn within 10 years. There are a few exceptions um, for surviving spouses, minor children, or if you inherit an IRA and you are not more than 10 years younger than the person who's passed away. Right. Um, so if you inherit it from your spouse, mm-hmm. the old rules stay the old rule stays in, in place. effect. But if, if you are not the spouse of the person who has died and left you uh, the, uh, the beneficiary of the the IRA or the 401k, mm-hmm. then you got to take it within 10 within years. Within 10 years, unless you're a, like a minor child and your parent died and left it to you, you can take it over your life expectancy. Um, but for the most part, the 10-year rule applies. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, there are big penalties on not taking your RMD Correct. on time, which is 50% of the amount that was supposed to be taken in the prior, prior year. Mm-hmm. You lose half of it. You lose half. Ouch. So, and I think that this is a little different than the current rules. The current rules, you have to take, you know, the current inherited, you take a little bit every year. Through right, life. right. This, you have 10 years to take it. So, you don't have to take it years one through nine. You can wait until that 10th year. Right, right. But, yeah, so you can assume that, let's see, you accidentally miss year 10 and it goes to 11 and you have a million-dollar IRA. And you just you lost potentially lost half. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, it's some big... Big penalties for losing it, but you do have to watch that if you inherit this new IRA. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, under the new rules, under the new it rules, is, you've got right. 10 years to pull the money. And there is some wiggle room with some planning. You know, if you're going to have a large income year, maybe you don't do it that year. If it's not year 10, you haven't yeah. taken everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's when it's good to talk to an advisor, see what they can do to kind of help you figure out when it's best to take it, if you should take all at once or a portion every year. Yeah. Well, the thing that I always think is so strange is uh, generally speaking, there are no taxes on a Roth IRA, right? But they are covered under this new rule as well. And if you don't take your money in 10 years, within the 10-year limit, guess what? You lose half of it too. Ouch. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, on an amount that you wouldn't be taxed on anyway. It's not even income. Just don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> Write it on the calendar. Exactly. <laughs> there's there's no pressure on that one, really. I mean, why would you do that mm-hmm. other than, eh, I just forgot. But anyway, what it does, it, it recharacterizes, recharacterizes it from that non-taxable account into new taxable money. Correct. And the IRS... Uh, while it sounds great, they're giving you this huge break. It, it is a great thing. It allows you to grow your money without being under the burden of a tax. But when you start taking it, it's it's income to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the case of a Roth, when you are willed a Roth, when you become the beneficiary where you receive a Roth from someone who's deceased and left it to you, uh, they want to recharacterize that money from non-taxable back to a taxable account as well. So then, you know, as it grows in the future, then mm-hmm. you're back in the game where you're getting taxed on uh, capital gains and dividends and things of that nature. So anyway, just uh, you got to be paying attention. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've got a few questions here, uh, and, and I'm going to get this one started. Don't know if we'll finish in this segment, but we'll get you to it. Uh, Rhonda from Marietta has written us and asked, what do you think of Yum Brands? Uh, I've held it for about two years. I thought with a potential pullback in the economy it would keep going up, but it's been rocky since July or August. Uh, Is this worth writing out long term? You know, honestly, I think no matter what equity you hold, no matter what stock you hold, um, in a downturn, you're likely to get beaten up a bit. Yeah. 
Uh, Yum does have a low beta, which means it's got a low sensitivity to the overall market. It's 0.73, meaning that if the market goes up, it's going to go up less. If the market goes down, it's going to go down less. That 0.73 you would make you expect. If the market's down 1%, it might be down three-quarters of a percent. Mm-hmm. So um, in this case, uh, I, I think it's probably best to look at uh, at earnings growth, which is very low in, in uh, Yum, 0.73. It's expected to grow by 12, almost 12.5%. Uh, over the long term, but you're paying a pretty hefty price for that growth uh, uh, ratio we call the PEG ratio. It's the forward P.E. divided by the expected growth. The forward P.E., just so you know, is today's price divided by the next 12 months expected earnings. And then if you take that whole amount and divide it by the earnings growth, uh, you should come up with a number if it's reasonably priced in, in our minds. This is a valuation kind of concept, but it's, if it's around one, I, I'm all about, you know, buying the company as long as the story actually plays out well. In the case of Yum, it's 2.21. Looks a little expensive. Not the most expensive thing I see in the market right now. Um, Yum has, has uh, done a few things that have actually gotten them uh, obviously, it was adopted really hugely in China over the last few years, which was positive. Uh, but they also uh, made a deal where they bought a pretty significant stake in uh, in Grubhub. And late in October of last year, Grubhub fell by 42.3%. What do you think that did to Yum? Mm. Ouch. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it t- took a pretty significant haircut. Uh, earnings weren't good in their last report. Uh, there's a few reasons why you might want to be a little concerned about Yum. Uh, I mean, it it uh, does meet our criteria for investment based on financial strength and safety, but I'm not so sure that uh, that it's the best play right now. Uh, as discretionaries go, though, that's probably a decent holding. All right, stick around. We're going to talk some more finances when you get back. You're listening to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jesse Thomas and DJ Barker. And um, we uh, just covered Yum Brands. And we got some other questions. But before we get back to all that... If you have a question, we'd love to hear from you. 1-855-429-9166 is our question hotline. You'll hear a recording if you call that number. You can leave your uh, contact information and a message, uh, including your question. We'll play the question on the air, and uh, we'll answer right behind it. If you'd prefer to talk to a human being, you can call, ask for Kelly Lynn or our radio show. Uh, The number is 770-429-9166. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com, spelled again, D, listen to me, D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. So drgene at hensler.com. Um, 
we uh we always have lots of fun on the show um sometimes a little more than we might should have. Yeah, we should, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that happens but, but this time it's been, you know, all serious and secure act and, and uh, whatnot. And Jesse, we've got another she keeps question. Us in line. Love to I try. You know, without without her, we probably would have been sideways. Maybe. <laughs> we <laughs> pre- sideways? Yeah, we've gotten sideways quick. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, so we've got a question here from Alan and Jason from Decatur. Uh, it says, last year we renovated mom's home to help her live with her arthritis. We installed ramps, uh, replaced tubs with shower stalls, added railings and handlebars throughout the house, widened doors to accommodate her walker or wheelchair. Can she get any tax benefits from the work we did? Jesse, you are the CPA on this show. Yes. And I'm going to give my favorite CPA Oh, answer. no. Don't do oh, it. here we it go. It depends. It oh. depends. Yes. All so, right. Unlike the one that you thought she was going to give me, which is it wears depends. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And there we go. There's I'm the not. I'm not that old. Thank well, you, Jesse, for not, for being nice. How about that? I try. Yeah. Thanks. Yes. Um, generally, you know, home improvements are not deductible tax-wise when they're there, but you can use them to offset gain when you sell the home if you're above kind of that gain exclusion limit. Um, which is $500,000 if you're married, 250 if you're not, and you've lived in the home three out of the last five years. Um, but in the medical field, there are some deductions that are allowable, especially when you're coming into the home improvements that don't increase the value of your house. Um, the one that stuck out to me in there that probably does is replacing the sh- tub with shower stalls. So, for instance, if you had to add a shower and the renovation cost you $20,000, but it's going to improve the value of your home $20,000. You're only going to be allowed that $1,000 deduction. Um, But things like adding the ramps, adding railings, widening doors, doors, anything like that is deductible as long as you exceed 7.5% of your adjusted gross income and you itemize your deductions. Um, In 2018, we're down to between 5 and 12% of taxpayers itemizing because the standard deduction rate is so high. Yeah, it did get big. Yep. So unless you're talking about, you know, adding an elevator or something into the house where you may finally exceed that threshold, you may not get high enough to be able to take that deduction. Yeah, and one of the points you made is it it doesn't always add value mm-hmm. to the property. A lot of folks, it, I mean, it specializes the house, no doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone who for sure, but yeah, someone who needs those kind of things might look at it as a as a great option for home, but it's not the common, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, ramps. It's kind of difficult to make a ramp add to the curb appeal of a home. And, you know, that being the case, then some of those do actually detract from the value. Right. But um, anyway, it's it's definitely something that you have to think about uh, when it comes to that. And, hey, let's face it, if mom needs it, you yeah, did it. Do do it. Either way. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. All right, so we got another one here. Peter and Neil from Sandy Springs write, uh, we are mostly DIY-type people, do-it-yourselfers. Um and we're about 10 years from retirement. We've reassessed where we live. We're, li- we're willing to keep the large, expensive home because we don't like to travel. And we've identified all of our income sources. What else can we do uh, to prepare for retirement? Oh, boy. 
DJ. There's a big question, right? Hey, well, I mean, it's pretty open-ended. Travel? Yeah. <laughs> Why not travel? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, no. DJ uh, doubles as a travel agent. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I just want to know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Live vicarious. That's right. I'm you. in the office. Why not? Go, yeah. go, go. Well, I think, you know, we, we have this conversation a lot. You know, um, one big thing is, all right, you've decided to stay in the house. Well, don't think that just because you've decided to stay in the house and you don't have income that you're going to stop spending money. Mm-hmm. We don't see that our clients retire and spend less than they currently spend. So if you spend 50 a year, your apprentice probably continue to spend 50 a year. Oh, you're telling me the old rule of thumb about, yeah. oh, you're going to reduce by I'm 70% yeah. of your... Ev- or it doesn't spend. happen. You're not going to spend half of what you do. Yeah. Um, you're going to continue your lifestyle. And really, even if you're not traveling, the chances of you spending more are great just because you're going to be home and you're going to find some things to do. You're going to find some new hobbies. You're probably going to want to replace something. If you're going to be staying there, you're going to get new furniture, art, what have you. There could be, you know, those large expenditures. So we want to make sure we're planning for that. Um, How much is one of those uh, dogs playing pool? Or is it poker? Well, you dogs playing poker on <laughs> yeah. velvet? Yeah, the, is that the kind of art not, you're talking about? Not, not quite the art I'm going for, but maybe that could be a great yeah. purchase. Was that Again, a Rembrandt? Is that a depreciating asset, Jess? Is that something that you know? I mean, you? only if it's real art. No, oh. art doesn't <laughs> real depreciate. Art. Uh, you're saying that the velvet I'm talking about is not real art? I think that's art? what happens when you decrease your spending, is you start buying the velvet stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, Sorry. Yeah, you've gone the other way. Uh, you've gone the other way. Leave it to me. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, continue to make sure that you do know where your income sources are going to be. Obviously, the Secure Act is going to change things. If you've saved a retirement and you were planning on pulling money at 70 and a half, obviously that bumps mm-hmm. it a couple of years. So you might have an income gap there that you, you need to replan for at this point. Um, consider health care costs. For our retirees that are in their homes and have a mortgage, if the mortgage isn't more, the health care cost is either first or second. Um, health care in retirement can be expensive. So you you know consider your options consider what you're going to do for healthcare and just like the last question we had you know are there any is there anything that you need to do to the home to improve the functionality for those later years if you know you're going to stick around you know we might want to start looking into those features as well paying off your debt making sure that uh you know any and all debt is eliminated don't go out and buy your brand new car the week you're you know retiring it's going to be harder to get your loan if you're going to refinance Make sure you do all of those things, um, you know, before while you're working. Yeah, right? while you're working, don't do it. Don't wait until you're actually retired. And that is a good. I mean, we've had that debate on the show before about uh, refinancing. Yeah. And um, you do get a tax break for refinancing if the rates are lower than you can make in the market. Maybe it is a better thing to do than to pull out your savings and pay off the house. Yeah. yeah if I your mortgage rate's three and a half, four percent, you can make twenty percent in the market. Not every year, but those yeah. those years come and go. But you know, that's true. Why? Yeah, you know, that thirty percent last year. Thirty percent, unless you were in the IT sector. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. and then it was only that. fifty. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, you want to you want to you know consider that as well. Um, and then obviously tax planning. Mm-hmm. You know, any any tax planning that you're doing now going into retirement, make sure you're you're speaking. Even if you're a do-it-yourselfer, sometimes the box doesn't answer back. So call on your CPAs and and you know. If there's any more detail, do that again over the next few years to plan out. Don't wait for that last year of retirement to figure out that you've made a mistake. Yeah, and there's a mortgage as I mean, there's a tax aspect of the mortgage question too, right? right? And uh, you do get a tax break for 
mortgage interest. So even at, like you said, DJ, 3.5%, I think this this week I saw it like national average 3.91% on a mortgage. Wow. Uh, that's pretty doggone cheap. And when you add the fact that you get a tax break on top of it, it makes it even lower. So, um, you know, you, you need to consider all these things. I'm not saying, hey, I'm going to retire, go out and grab a, you know, cash out refinance on your house and go crazy. Yeah. Um, but it is something to consider. It's all part of planning and managing, you know, your retirement. Absolutely. Right. Being 10 years out. Uh, It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, but now's the time, it's no the, doubt, to yeah. think about it. Don't get complacent. Yeah. you got to continue to review and update and make sure you're you're managing what's going to happen. Right. And I know they said they were do-it-yourselfers, but we have what we call the 10-year rule at Hensler Financial, meaning that next year you need to start planning for that first year in retirement by buying something that is less volatile than the S&P 500 or the equities market on uh, on on average. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for our show today. Uh, guys, market up or down? Come on, DJ. Oh, uh, we're going up. All right. You know, I'm a broken record. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. Thanks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.